0: Welcome to Earth School, a weekly podcast about weaving the healing journey artfully into life. Hosted by Rosalind McNally and Bibi Dalman. This week we're talking about breath. So welcome back everybody. I'm really excited to be here with Rosaline for another episode mm-hmm. of Earth Skill.
1: How are you, Rosie? I am good. Excited to be here and to talk and share about our breath and breath practices and what it means in our lives and how it can support other people as well. Yeah. So excited I to dive into it with you.
0: Yeah, it's such a such a rich um, rich fabric really to dive into the breath um should we start with the just maybe the pure mundane aspects of like Mm -hmm. why would even you know why are we talking about the (laughs) mundane and inverted commas why would we talk even about the breath when it comes to the healing journey you know where where are the interconnections where are these these beginning points we
1: say okay Mm -hmm. it makes sense to look at the breath Mm. well like for me it's like our Our breath is our constant companion. It's there with us all of the time. Do you know like, so no matter where we find ourselves if we're in the shop if we're in a workshop if we're sitting on our desk at our office if we're with our family it's there with us you know so we can access it anytime so we don't need any of the special tools you know like we don't need crystals we don't need singing bowls we don't need an empty space we don't need to have nobody around us and it's like the idea of all spiritual practices is that we can use them in busy places as well but um for me it's that aspect that we have with us all the time, but we're maybe not aware of it mm. or we don't pay attention to it. And or, for me, the breath is such a powerful aspect when you begin to look at the different levels that it can help us access within ourselves or even when we simply just begin to notice it. Like Because I see a lot of people will you know, come to clinic and they just don't realise the power that they have within them and the power of the breath. You know, and we speak about it in our day-to-day language. Like, do you know us? And when we go, I can't catch my breath. Or if you watch somebody, like how they breathe, like where do they breathe into? Are they holding their breath? Do you know, like, and sometimes that's in shock and trauma or it's just such a powerful thing to notice where am I at with my breath? Because I think it's like something that can always teach us, like the quality of our breath teaches us about ourselves. Just for me, every practice teaches me about me and my interaction with the world around me. So does my breath like Mm. so i just think it's really beautiful to look at it from that kind of perspective and that angle then as well like because it's the one thing we always have with us it's the first thing we do it'll be the last thing we do and then what do we do in the little spaces between all of our breaths or the space between our first and our last breath um so i just think it's a beautiful thing to work with like or to have more awareness around Mm. for sure Um, I think it's, it's beautiful
0: because it's, it's both. It's, it's to me, it's a, it's a temperature gauge in one way. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a tool that gives me so much information. But on the other hand, it is also a tool to re-regulate in a way. So, so it is both. It's under receptivity in terms of, you know, when we get familiar with our own breathing, we we know when tension is building within the breath before it actually manifests into our life, before we feel the physical tension, before mm-hmm. we oftentimes feel the tension building up in our relationships. Um, and the same in the breath, we can oftentimes tell, you know, when we're wearing a little thin in terms of energy or, yeah. you know, that we're holding a lot and, you know, the breath isn't filling us fully. And I think there's so much beauty in, in observing the breath and so much wisdom in observing the breath. Cause sometimes we go straight into, you know, deepening the breath and take a big breath. And, and there's beauty and value to that as well. But I think there is a step before that that's really interesting. Cause when I'm just spending time, not fixing the breath, but being with the breath, I build sort of an intimate relationship with the breath. And then through that, I get to know myself better. Because really, when we think about the breath, the breath for most part of the day is unconscious. You know we don 't have to think and regulate the breath as such it it's it 's a vital function of our body um along with a lot of other vital functions that we seemingly have no mm. conscious control over, like the heartbeat and you know you can 't just think your heartbeat in a different way you You have to think about possibly a very dangerous situation and as a result, the heartbeat goes up, but it, we can 't really directly affect the heartbeat and neither can we the body temperature you know we can 't just think our way to thirty eight degrees and then back down to mm-hmm. thirty seven degrees. Um so there's a lot of um thankfully unconscious patterning within our system that keeps us alive, that organizes our entire experience, how we are in this body. What what's so different to the breath is that the breath can be both. It can be conscious and unconscious. So we can Pull, pull it out of this, 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 um, ocean of unconscious patterning within the body and take this one thing out and begin to observe it first. But then we also can begin to re-regulate in a different way. And then when we've re-regulated the breath, we send it back into the ocean of all these other patterns that are running, um, unconscious to our to our mind right but not unconscious to the rest of the body so there's very much you know aliveness going on there but it's it's, it's a way of communicating with all those layers within us and i think mm-hmm. in a way the breath that way is is, is one that bridges worlds right because it's something that happens very real in this in this body take a breath in and out, you know, you need your nose, you need your lungs, you possibly, if you're breathing through your mouth, it's something you can feel your ribs and your musculature expanding and contracting, something that happens very real here. But then when we talk about, you know, the breath sliding back into these unconscious patterns, it's, we're almost entering a different world of awareness, a different world of being. So to me, it bridges the very physical realm with the more subtler realms. And it, it's a gateway into mm-hmm. these, these Places that really regulate and organize so much of my life that I usually have no awareness around and no access point in adjusting or I don't really like the word controlling because it's just so superimposed, but you know, affecting maybe, maybe the word. And Mm -hmm. through the breath, I have the tool to both I can sense what's going on on a more subtler level. And then I can use and send the breath back in in a different pattern to affect. What is going on on a subtler level? So, um, yeah, it just has so many powerful and potent angles. But there are definitely two that you know when I'm when I'm teaching breathwork and even in class um, that we always work with, um, and they're both that they, they need both they they need each other. You know, mm. um, I would never just come in and and assume. Let's place over a breathwork pattern right over it before having actually watched your breath. Because it's in watching of the breath that he gets so much information um that's that's really building a full mm-hmm. picture for yourself in time, so it's both in any information you have, you can weave that into how you work with breath work. Um, so something so simple as mm-hmm. you said, right is that's always with us we're we're're we're queuing in line somewhere or we're sitting mm-hmm. in the office about to write an email. Um, but it's so
1: it's it's so pot- potent and powerful. Mm, it is like, and as she, you said, like, you know, like when we get to notice our breath. She said you wouldn't just guide into a certain aspect, it's like sitting with what the breath is in that minute, like that we really get to go, we really notice for our own direct experience. Oh. I, I actually don't think I've breathed today or, oh God, I, I haven't been conscious of my breath or, oh God, I, I'm actually holding it or I don't want it to go further or, I, or you get confused about how to breathe or you find where the mind kicks in and going, this is how you should be doing it or this is what you need to be doing. So it gives you so much information that you can, can work with then, like, but it really does like allow us to sort of meet parts of ourselves as well like depending on what way we use our breath you know in the different practices because there's so many different layers and levels to it that we get to meet ourselves but then we really get to meet the mind like and how it's meeting the breath especially in some more of the more sort of activating breath practices like you're really getting to meet the mind where it goes eh, yawn yawn sleep um distract Think of anything. Stop breathing, please stop breathing, because you're maybe pushing into little parts of ourselves that are looking to be released, but need the bre- we're using the breath as the tool to start molding them and start sort of you know near like little bubbles you know you like push little bubbles and you're going to bust it but you're like initially going oh I don't know if I want to bust it (laughs) and to me it's like the breath is going into those spaces like each time to the level that our body wishes to release at the same time which is I think the most important thing to remember in any breath practice and work is our body knows how to release it knows what is ripe for the picking so the breath in a sense can't go in and make something happen but it will be really there to push against and move and relax and open up those spaces then like that way so you're really meeting sort of the unconscious parts of ourselves the parts that are hidden or a little bit more that we can't access through the mind like and I think that's the beauty of the breath work is that it takes us into the feeling you know like sometimes we might not need to feel the feeling but it's still the feeling of the body but we'll definitely meet where we're meeting our capacity or those places of resistance or those places that the breath going, I want, like we need to breathe through this Mm. rather than just meet it at its edge. Like, and I love sort of watching that there and I love meeting it in myself and I love seeing it in other people where the mind's just like, yeah, not today, you know, and to be respectful of that as well at the same time, but to really catch, be honest with ourselves. I always think that's really important just to be honest with ourselves going, I met it. And I just close the door and it's facing me and not today, <laughs> Do you know, like, and then another day, at least we know it's there and we can go, okay, I can breathe. Maybe I need someone to be with me while I breathe and open the door to allow me to meet it. Like, but I just think it's fascinating, like what you meet in yourself, just with the thing that you have with you all the time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, in that way,
0: you know, we touched on it here, like the different ways of working with the breath mm. and whether it's you know using the breath really to shift something or then one way of um, how I like to work with the breath is to think of the breath instead of the breath that we draw in and out through our nose. It's what's mechanically called external breathing because you take the breath from the external environment and fill mm-hmm. your lungs with it. There's a process that's called internal breathing or cellular breathing and it's where essentially the cells absorb the oxygen from the bloodstream into within this, the, the, the cell um, parameters, and then releasing CO2 back out into the bloodstream. But when we move away from that mechanical understanding of, of you know internal breathing or cellular breathing, but really sense into the body, and um, can I actually sense, not think about, but sense A, my lungs moving, but then can I actually also sense, let's say the, the cells in my muscles breathing? um and so this is a this is when you start with that it can be quite challenging because your mind is always thinking about it and wants to make the breath happen you know so another way of working with the breath is just to watch the breath within the body you know within on a cellular level can you feel that pulsation because again that is a um it's an echo or um um reverberation from that expansion contraction that comes with the very first breath we take at the beginning of our life that you referred to earlier and at the end right even our life happens mm. between that very first expansion and then the very last contraction or release if, if you if you wish um and so to s- sense that in our body to me working with the breath on that level is is, a, is works as a reminder of our aliveness you know and it's not just something that happens in our body when you actually feel that in your body it's a It's, it's a, it's a felt experience, a visceral experience of how every part of you is taking part in this process of expansion and contraction, um, that is contextualized within that great life that we, that we get, get to live, you know. Um, and what this cellular breathing does to me is it's, it awakens up capacities of awareness. It's almost like these little bubbles, like you were talking about, as well as restrictions. There is also these these adhesions on a physical level that can come from whether it's a physical impact or whether it's psychological, emotional, where parts of our our physical texture are just not taking part in the whole breathing process. And the way to work with that instead of, and that's why I love the breath, because there are moments where we really need to push through. And then there are parts and other ways of working with the breath where it's really uh, where you don't want to push through, where you just want to, the, the more hesitant and resistant that part of your body is, the more gently you want to watch as the breath comes in and not even, it's not even you breathing, but watching and sensing the breath, move that part or, or, you know, interacting with that part. And what begins to happen oftentimes, um, and sometimes after just a couple of moments and sometimes you need a, you know, a couple of weeks of practice that these parts in your body in your physicality begin to, this adhesion start to soften and they release. And so as a result of that, this part of your body that was stuck and sort of isolated within itself is now starting to become part of the greater body that you're living in, that greater sense of self. So in a way, such a simple practice, but taking that over a couple of weeks, focusing on different areas in your body and staying with each area a little bit, it's like an invitation to connect everything to that life force, to you know, maybe a more um, modern way of saying is to really own Everything you have or re-embody yourself in, in all of that's really there, uh, on a physical and all these other levels. And so, um, these, this cellular breath work, uh, can be super, super powerful and it can be done, especially. And that's what I love about the breath, right? It can be done especially when you're sick it can be done when you can't move it can it can be done when you don't have to sit up or you don't have the energy to it it's literally watching the breath and then on other times when you have the energy you go really in and you you work actively with the breath so it's such a versatile tool that i think mm-hmm. it's just um i'm in love with with the breath and breath
1: work in that way mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's gorgeous What so it is like that way so it's acts as a doorway to like a medicine you think you get to administer to yourself in whatever way you wish depending on what you feel your body needs and like within, like within the practice that I have like within Reiki there's different ways of using the breath versus breath work versus shamanic work That it's all the breath but sort of the intention just like anything we do the intention always plays a part in it. Like So in Reiki it's all about the Hara breathing and it's just very gentle becoming aware of the breath and eventually learning to guide it down into the Hara. But it's used to cultivate our Hara energy, which is our centre point or focus, with the One of the ideas is that by cultivating that higher energy, A, we're really grounded, we're really centered. So we're like the roots of the trees that are really growing deep into the earth and therefore we can go, like our branches can extend, but our trunk is really strong as well. But they would look at it from the perspective, which a lot of ones will do, will be that you're born with so many breaths. So if you use all those breaths up, then like what's next sort of thing so the idea is learning to sort of elongate the breath or be with the little pauses of the breath but also then using that breath through the chanting practices of really learning how to cultivate that breath so the chanting's even coming from the hara so everything's stimulating the sort of the energy that we were born with the energy that we brought into the world with us so it's increasing that power that energy like which i love that idea is that it's it's once again it's in you but you're extending it, you're growing it, you're feeding it, you're tending to it. But it's also then helping with the mind. Because the idea is like you're bringing the mind down into the body as well. Bringing the mind down into the heart and expanding the mind through the breath. So you can become more open-minded, which I think is just beautiful. Like, So I do. Like I remember when I was first taught that, I was like, that makes so much sense to me do you know, because we chat about you know can we sit with people who have different perspectives different way of looking at life, different way of navigating their path or navigating the thing that we may have navigated three months ago can we be there with, with somebody and let them do it their way like and I just think it's lovely that idea if you're opening the whole system but by sort of opening the system in a way it's still being held it's still being contained it's full of your own inner power but then you get to share from that space Rather than thinking it's something that's coming through you and you're sharing with it, like but it's not you're not losing energy because it's this infinite energy that is regenerated all of the time, like which I I just love that way of looking at it in Reiki, like so I do. And then with the breath work, it is that activation activation, it's about breathing into, breathing through, letting the body release what it needs to release, like but at the same time while all of that is happening breathing in the sort of the source energy so you have more of your essence coming into you like and feeling that space too and being inspired by that space. For some people they might see things, they might feel things, they'll get insights, whatever it is they need, but it really is that meeting the body but the first like nearly nine minutes is the can I breathe through the mind? Can I allow my mind to take a back seat for this portion. And that, that can be the hardest part, you know. If just that It's kind of like sort of an plant medicine too, that part where you leave the body. Can I let myself leave the body? Like, do you know, can I allow my mind just to be still, close off for a while and let my body direct the healing, like my soul direct the healing? And I love that part of that there, like because you're really getting to see where the mind is going, no, where it's looking for safety, where it's looking for security. You're getting to feel in the body where it's going, uh, where you're holding, like, and some uh, doing a lot of sessions with somebody at the minute just to see over a long period of time, like, sort of what what they're experiencing, like, and it's really interesting where they're feeling, like, nearly, like a, you know, almost like the little circles around themselves, where they're meeting one layer, moving through that, meeting the next layer, or meeting where they're reversing, going, ah, I don't know about that one, but where they're seeing, they're reclaiming more of their energy, like... So they're just feeling it in their day to day energy levels. Never mind everywhere else in their life, but for them, that's the biggest shock. Is I have I have more energy, like you know. So they're unlocking parts of ourselves that, like all energy healing does, like and all energy work does, is releasing energy that is ours by divine right. But we've sort of either squished it down, closed it off, or it doesn't know how to move, or it's held for specific reasons through trauma, through whatever. So it's releasing. And giving us back what is already inside us like Mm
0: -hmm. i just think it's amazing
1: that's gorgeous
0: yeah because to me it's like building on what you were saying there the breath really the healing aspect comes from so much about surrendering back in and acknowledging into this this coming of going of the breath right because at no point is the breath really still, like there's not, you know, it's not like you found 30 years into your life, the perfect inhalation, you hold on to the one inhalation. (laughs) There needs to be, it seems so obvious, but we do this with every other aspect in our life. We find the perfect relationship or the perfect job or the, the perfect situation. And that's just so, and then we're holding on to that, you know? And so in a way, working with the breath, I always love like working with Sim- symbolism and what the breath really represents in that way. It's, it's really the aliveness that we feel comes from an inherent allowing of the coming and going. And anytime we, for whatever reason, and lock something in or out, which may have a very good reason why that happened in terms of trauma, in terms of, you know, ancestral lines uh in 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 terms of you know just as we step into our own growth you know uh it can be scary at times and we're trying to stabilize and you know sometimes we stabilize in one way or the other way and so acknowledging all of that there are very valid reasons for it but ultimately whether I'm locking myself parts of myself physically isolate them to tension or Push them out of my life, not inhabiting them. Um, either way, there's a stagnation, right? There's a, there's a, an attachment or an aversion, but either way, it's stuck in that place. And to me, the breath, um, just offers on even way before the physical level on a symbolical level did this invitation to re-engage what what means to be alive you know and what means to be alive is this change of this expansion this pulsation process whether it's an inhalation exhalation or you know the day begins and comes to an end and and the breath um work especially with um with katona yoga that i've experienced um one of the analogies that has been used there which is beautiful is the breath and the seasons you know like this idea that the inhalation is like spring rising and everything that you associate with when you get out into life and you, after the winter month and you know there's this excitement and building and then there's the little pause after the inhalation which is really summer ripening harvesting and really acknowledging how far you've come and leaning back and you know, looking at, at life and that, that pause in it, and then the exhalation being like, you know, um, like autumn, the leaves falling, something is being released. And then there is the pause after the exhalation, which really is representative of, of, of the winter month, the quietness, the emptying, holding out empty. And so even in that way of looking at the breath, there is, there is cyclical movement, you know, even the holding of the breath moves on again and, When we lay that onto, you know, if you look at any plant or any animal in the, in the natural world, what indicates, um, you know, decay is really the stagnation of growth or the, the ability, um, to go with the changing of it. When a tree is dead, it becomes very harsh and hard and dead in that way. And it doesn't, you know, the movement isn't, isn't, isn't there anymore. And so when we really look out and when we think of what we think of is alive out there in the world is, are the trees and, and, um, and plants that go with the seasons, you know, the ability to really leave everything behind in the winter months, um, just so that there is this new growth that comes again. And to me, the breath is a reminder because really, I think all that we're doing, we're not really learning something new. Although our conscious part is learning something new. I think so much of it is just remembering. Remembering a way of being because we are part of nature and these cycles are within us. And to me, breath work is a, is a tool to remember that. And so then I can recognize whether it's on a psychological conscious level where I've held stuck in one of those phases or on a, on a, on a level that's way beneath labeling, you know, where, where that is stuckness. And so by working with the breath in these different ways, it just allows you know on a symbolical level that invitation to movement and that opens then slowly up other areas um psychologically we may be you know inviting in ideas and options and choices that beforehand were not an option you know and so the healing can kind of ripple in from that but really to me the breath is a, a realignment with the the natural rhythms with our natural rhythms as well mm,
1: I'm beautiful like okay. it beautiful gorgeous
0: so where i mean (laughs) there's so many beginning points right but if you let's say if someone is listening and um maybe for both maybe somebody's been listening and has been doing some sort of breath work what sort of would be uh, is there something that you a piece of advice or a guidance or a reflection that you want to give someone who's already sort of working with the breath in that way and then also maybe for if somebody's listening who has never worked with breathing I was like well you said active breath and then you said passive breath and you know there's so many different ways of working with the breath where do I even where do I even start Um, just from your level of experience what you've Mm -hmm. seen
1: happening um, where would you guide people along that journey So if somebody already has a breath practice or is aware of breath or goes to yoga or goes to anything where they're working consciously with their breath, um, it would maybe to bring another level of awareness to it, I think, because if we're doing something a long time or we think we know it or like, oh, I've done the rodeo on this here, we can actually just in a sense do a job on ourselves so we're like oh well like you know I've done this so our mind could be wandering during it we could be staying within our comfort zones we could be not mastering it we could be just allowing ourselves just to be doing it versus being in it so as to catch you know that the habitual because like anything the more we do it it can become a habit you know so can I bring another level of awareness to it where am I maybe staying within my comfort zone maybe where am I zoning out maybe where am I showing up only half-heartedly you know like so looking at all the different sort of Habits you've got into around it, um, looking into sort of where the mind is with it, looking into maybe exploring the body more with it as well, like sort of seeing where in the body do I allow it to go very easily, maybe where I just don't bother letting it go at all, maybe where I stop breathing, you know, like because we'll still do all those things that we would have done it when we were first learning. So it's kind of like, can I bring fresh eyes to it? That's what I would invite, like in a different level of awareness, um, because. We do, we get into habits and therefore this becomes routine rather than going deeper into it. So like if you're doing something a long time, the invitation is always, can I go deeper? That's what I would say for that there. And then for those who are sort of new to it are going, I breathe and is that not enough and that is enough. (laughs) But it's to maybe, so A, you may go, it's just, it doesn't sound like it's for me, but it can be bringing awareness to your breath and day and day to day basis. Do you know? It's very simply uh, asking, like, because if we look at it, the quality of our breath can be seen as the quality of our life. Am I afraid to take a big deep breath into myself? Therefore, maybe am I afraid to take a big deep breath of life into myself? Do you know? Like, or if I'm holding my breath, am I trying to hold? what's in this space at this minute in time versus allowing it to release and to let it go. So even just noticing, you know, maybe what I speak about my breath. Am I always saying I can't catch it or, uh, you know, it it gets caught in a certain place or I feel like I never draw a breath you know, so watch the language or even just noticing throughout the day, you know, like way people do the little mindfulness thing, little ding, you know, you can do the little ding and go, okay, well, am, I, am I breathing at this minute? Have I really noticed my breath? Can I stop now and maybe just notice it without having to change it or do anything with it? So bring out, this the starting point of everything is the awareness. But then if people are looking to explore it, like if you already do yoga, start looking into like you'd know far more about that there sabalala like the pranayama aspects or the different aspects of it there's obviously breath work practice that practices that are purely breath work and then even if you have reiki like noticing okay i don't have any of those practices like and then start exploring where can i learn them because there's such a massive component because reiki is just not hands-on healing like It's so many meditation practices and breath practices in it, like. And then for anybody else, just start googling breath and see what calls you, what draws you. Try a few different ones because they're not all the same either. So it's like some of us, some some days we need something gentle. Some days we need a kick up the back end. Do you know, like, so allowing ourselves to choose from all the different options as well, like. Mm. I think that's that's lovely as well. For you know, if you've never had any.
0: Experience or exposure with like, you know, breath work as such, um, to also trust your intuition. You know, usually there's always a book that falls off the shelf or there's always a, a chorus that pops up somewhere. And, you know, it's just like, you know, taking a moment and going, is, is, is this for me? And if the body sort of answers yes, then just to follow that call and also understand that that might be your first entryway in it. Maybe the breath you stay, work you stay with with it for the rest of your life where it could be something that is an entry point and then you move on and find something something different. I think very much as well, Um if, if you're trying something and something doesn't resonate with you, try a couple of different practices. A couple of different teachers even can make a huge difference and not even that one teacher does it better than the other. I think we have to really watch that, but how somebody brings something across may just resonate with you at this point in time. You know, and then at another point in time is another teacher. So even within the same modality, um, exploring a couple of teachers in that way. And if you've been practicing yoga for a while, but you know, apart from like a one minute breath practice at the end of your physical class, you haven't dived deeper into it. Don't be afraid of, of ask your teacher, you know, ask your teacher. I think we are at a, and there's a emerging a of of a, a need that has now risen to the surface. That more and more people are looking for that, and a lot of yoga teachers are qualified, and a lot of yoga teachers are practicing breathwork within themselves. But it is something that we have uh, collectively as a yoga um, community almost disowned. You know, we do the physical asana practice. And when I'm taking yoga into the mainstream, this is what we're doing. And I know from training a lot of teachers that there is a, as a longing and like mentoring other teachers, uh, there's a longing from the teachers to actually bring that work forward. So if you go into a class and your teacher doesn't teach that much breathwork in that particular class that you go into, ask them. Ask them for privates. Ask them, do you teach a breathwork class somewhere? You know, especially now online people are bringing other things um Up to the surface that you know may not have happened beforehand in a classroom Uh, so that would be for sure or just ask them listen can I have a one-on-one would you teach me breath work um so then and that's really an invitation for the teachers as well to allow students to come in in that way and teach them the foundations and so when you have two three minutes breath work as part of your physical practice they can go deeper within within that already you know um and if you're a seasoned breath work practitioner, (laughs) practitioner um What I would say, that's what I also say always to yogis who have been practicing physical asanas for a while, just look at your habits very kindly and your preferences. And, you know, if if you're in your physical practice, your preference is to always go into strong classes, try something more mellow. If your preference is always going into something very soothing and mellow, try the old stronger practice. goes the same for breath work. You know, if you have a certain habit and you feel at home, there is for sure benefit in sticking with something for longer in terms of mastering it not, you know, skipping along just when it gets interesting and juicy and going, I'm not going to go there and go on something else. So sticking with something, but then like what you said, after a while it becomes, it's like one of my teachers always like, it's the, this, you know, when we have a sofa and there's a side that we like to sit on, (laughs) it's the good sofa. And there's one part that's always very well sat on and the other one after years is brand new. (laughs) And it's this idea that after a while, Your strength becomes your weakness. And this is something again, Abby from Katona Yoga. I just want to pass it on to her. That's, that's one of the analogies she for sure uses. Um, I believe they just has mentioned that as well. So it's not something that I came up with, but to me, it just resonated so well. That idea that that which we do so often that becomes so habitual can eventually become, um, part of the, part of the problem almost you know in a way Mm. so trying the other side of the sofa every once in a while just to have a point of context and polarity Mm. um to to notice yourself in that way but um the overall invitation is to to um just to for all of us you know it doesn't matter if you're breathing uh consciously you know for for decades it's it's can I build a more steady relationship with the breath? Can I feel it more often? It's not so much about manipulating it. As a first step, it's always, can I be with the breath more often? And what I've found is that whenever I'm in contact with the breath, all of life becomes a little more enhanced. You know, the relationships are richer. The conversations are deeper. Um, I can sense everything that comes into my system resonates on a deeper level. There's more connection within me to understand and process that information. So even at that level, I've, I feel there's so much life force that has been invited the moment you engage with the breath, breath it anyway. Um, yeah. Lovely. Mm-hmm. So before we wrap up, is there anything, I mean, we've, we've gone so far, right. Is there anything that we, I think we might even do another breath. Um, Podcast uh, episode down down the line, but for now, is there anything that uh, that you want to add before we're closing out, Rosalind? Mm,
1: not that I can think of. What I like just breathe and see where it takes you. But uh, yeah, like for me, it would be if people have any questions or would like to know more about certain aspects, then we can dive into those. Then from those angles, look, like. yeah gorgeous so for sure if you have any
0: questions and it doesn't matter if you listen to this podcast months after its release date do you always get in. do you always get in touch we love to hear from you um and we will get back back to you as well or even bring it uh the the, the question and without necessarily mentioning your name uh, but bringing in the essence of the questions into this conversation because usually if you have a question and you speak up there's another uh, handful of people that has the same the same question or didn't even know to have the same question so it's always helpful um, if you're if you just get in touch in that way beautiful it's been a pleasure as always, Rosalind, to spend this always. time with you. Love those chats. You too. Mm. And thank you so much to everyone who, who's been listening. I hope you have a beautiful week and we'll hear you in the next podcast. Until then, mm. much
1: love. Bye. We'd like to thank you for listening to the Air School podcast hosted by Rosalind McNally and bb Dalma. If you'd like to find out more about the podcast, you can follow us on Instagram. Or if you'd like to learn more about our individual work, you can check us out on our websites, bbdellman.com and thethirstysoul.com.